0: Man, we almost made it all the way through. I don't know, like, I give up, but at least three quarters of the way is uh, good enough. Must be Monday afternoon, Monday evening. Kevin
1: Peterson live with five Family Matters.
0: How are you, sir?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. How are you today, sir?
0: Good, good. You joined us from uh, Denver, Colorado. We can never keep track of you. You're all over the place, international.
1: I, you know, I just don't sit still well, you know. <laughs> I I I I don't know what it is. I just gotta I gotta keep it moving. Gotta keep one foot ahead of the law,
0: you know. (laughs) Go stalk him over on Instagram, Kevin W. Peterson. He's got all kinds of incredible content. You can comment, you get a free book. You know, if you want family coaching, go over to Chronicope.us. It's also on the bottom. It's free resources. Every time you log on, you're not gonna get charged, but Kevin And his whole staff do family coaching, and Chronico Facebook page, like the hottest Facebook page going right now. Well, free from all marketers and everything, just families helping families. Chronico Facebook page, check it out. And uh, you got a lot going on, like you travel a lot, and you got a lot going on in the Chronico.
1: Yeah, you know, we got we try. I mean, just kind of just trying to. Just trying to spread the good word, spread the gospel of hope and faith. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: Yeah. laughs> well, keep spreading it. The world needs it.
1: Yeah, we like what we do. We have a lot of fun with what we do. You know, we enjoy engaging with people and, and trying to, to teach them how to hold boundaries, set boundaries, and tell people that, hey, it's okay. We're here to help. And, you know, that's the deal. That's the deal.
0: Mm, you're quite good at it. Let's get right into the issues. I'm ready. I am concerned about my 25-year-old husband. We've been married for two years now. We met in treatment five years ago. There's no substance abuse basically going on. Just gaming 24-7, drinks coffee and Red Bull, does not sleep. She's gone on, like, is basically isolating, doesn't go out for date night. They have kids. Uh, he has got kids. He's a stepmom of the situation, but uh, doesn't, like she says in her email, doesn't go out and kick the soccer ball or play catch in the backyard, just basically playing gaming 24-7. She wants to know, A, there's an an issue and B, how to help and step in. And she talks about boundaries, but she's confused as to there doesn't seem to be substance abuse.
1: So, great question. Um, So, remember, when we're setting boundaries, there's three categories we look at, three primary categories, drugs and alcohol, work and school, and then family behavior. So, it sounds like we can set aside the first two because it sounds like he's sober <clears throat> and it sounds like he's working or going to school but family behavior is obviously a primary issue because like you said there's not a lot of family engagement and he's he's got himself glued into you know uh which could could actually be an addiction situation but why don't we start with family behavior because she feels like you know her needs are not being met right that you know, her needs as a partner are not being met and her needs as a mom you needing a, a father for the children are not being met. So how I would respond to that is, you know, sit him down and say, hey, you know, I love you, but this isn't working for me, you know, and I need you to be less engaged with the gaming and the television and more engaged with me and the kids and start with having that initial conversation and see how he responds. And if the initial response is, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have a problem. <laughs> you know, we have a problem. So then we take it to the next level and we say, okay, you know, hey, I feel like we need to talk to somebody because this isn't working for me. And we go from there and see what happens. And, you know, and and maybe bring in a kid, say, I li- I'd like us to talk to a couples counselor, you know, and, and then, you know, we can definitely help you wherever you live. We can help you find someone to talk to about that. Um, and if he's in recovery, you know, is he going to meetings? Does he have a sponsor? Is this something that you can you know, talk to, you know, and, and get get engaged in that process as well, you know, um, and, and that's how I would go about dealing with that.
0: Gaming and gambling are the things coming up more and more. Now, when families are calling, it's substance abuse and mental health issues, but I'm just telling you, gaming and gambling are becoming more and more prevalent in just my phone calls. So it doesn't oh. seem out of the norm to bring this up, but uh, all righty. My husband and I t- told my 34-year-old son we would get him his own apartment if he went to treatment and did 30 days. Facility says this that his own apartment is a terrible
1: idea, but we promised, Kevin. So here's one of those moments, Mom and Dad, where it's okay to break your promise because you made the promise based upon probably a bad idea. And, and so... What I would say is you're going to it's I I get this all the time, by the way. It's like, well, we told them we buy him a car or a house or, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. But I think one of the things we have to grasp and understand is that you were bribing him. And that's old family behavior. And we're going to get rid of the old family behavior. So we're no longer bribing people to do the right thing. What we're going to do instead is hold them accountable and hold boundaries. So it's okay to go back and say, you know what? We realized we were wrong. And we're not going to do that. Um, What we will do is continue to support you as long as you're willing to engage in treatment, whether that's inpatient, PHP, IOP, sober living, we will continue to pay. We will continue to participate. We will continue to support your choices as long as you continue to participate in the program. Um, And that's going to be our commitment to this as, you know, um, but we are not going to give you rewards and prizes um, for staying sober. Your reward and prize for staying sober is staying sober. Um, But, and, and that's, I know that the family feels like, but we're going back on our word. Isn't that showing him a bad example? No, it's not because you're going back on your word that you never should have given in the first place. And what you're doing is saying, we made a mistake and we're going to correct that mistake, because the truth is, if he gets out of treatment and you set him free into his own apartment and probably his own money, it, it's, he's going to go right back out. So that would be one of those moments. There was a great ad that the uh, uh, the drug, drug Free America or some government council put together put a couple of years ago or 10 years ago It said, it's okay to be a hypocrite, <laughs> you know, for parents. It's like, how do I tell my kid that he shouldn't smoke pot when I smoke pot? They're like, it's okay. <laughs> We're giving you permission to be a hypocrite. And it is okay, you know? And because, and, you know, uh, sure, I, you know, I know people that say that. I smoked pot when I was a kid. I'm like, yeah, but somehow you managed to quit and get a go to college and get a job and be successful. Your kid's in the basement smoking pot all day and he's not leaving. So that's, it's different, you know?
0: treatment is only part i mean just the start of the journey i think families need to understand this too and i mean I, you know it may have been an intervention situation where they basically just the ultimate goal is get him to go to treatment it's all right like heaven said to go back on your word but sending him back into his own apartment after 30 days of treatment i can just tell you that my experience shows like the Family always calls back and say something went wrong. I don't understand. He started isolating and went back to old behaviors. So, yep. <clears throat> please, please do not go back to the uh, the uh, your, your own apartment. It's just a terrible idea. Aftercare, 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 aftercare. Just the start of the journey. The thirty days is almost like a detox. His brain, his body, his life, his everything. Just part of the journey. That's all I'm saying.
1: Yep. The real work starts the day after they leave. Yeah.
0: Medication assisted treatment, harm reduction, methadone are things suggested to me for my 18 year old son. Is this different than what you two suggest? How do these fit into setting boundaries? Well, all kinds of buzzwords going around on Google.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, they are definitely, uh, so things suggested for your 18 year old son. So, so let's talk about what those three things are. Um, MAT method and medication assisted treatment is, uh, certainly something that's become, uh, popular recently, uh, for a lot of different reasons, some good, some not so good. Um, the initial one is that for people that are struggling with opiates, um, medication assisted treatment is probably a great idea because someone that's taking uh, especially a large amount of opiates or benzos, um, they're gonna need a taper down. You can't just take someone and rip the opiates out of them, their body's going to react really severely. The same thing with alcohol and marijuana. I mean it's, just, it's brutal. Your body becomes dependent upon the chemical and al- and makeup. Um, so so whilst- while they're in treatment, uh, they'll need that. Um, Harm reduction, is saying, well, okay, so instead of drinking 24 beers a day, how about we try drinking 12 beers a day, you know, or <laughs> let's try drinking six beers a day. Um, and again, there are some people that can do that, um, or you know, let's. Let, it's what the, what we're talking about is trying what we call controlled drinking or controlled drug use. Um, and then the last one, the methadone. Methadone is a uh, sort of a, an artificial or synthetic opiate. Um, I'm not a huge fan of methadone. Now it's, it's a medication. It's like MAT. Um, it's sort of an old school methodology. The thing about MAT and methadone is the danger of it is that you become dependent upon it forever. Um, the idea that I like is when you use it as a titration, sort of, sort of working your way down. Um, and I get where that, I get the significance of it. I understand and I'm not against it. I'm against it as a forever solution. I understand that some people definitely need it, and I'm not opposed to that. Here's the thing I would say is that for your 18-year-old son, I think he probably needs treatment. In that treatment program, they're probably going to take a look at abstinence-based programs that may be assisted by medication-assisted treatment. And I think I would definitely listen to what the psychiatrists and the therapists and the program directors have to say there. I do not know your son's case. I do not know your situation. I'm certainly not gonna pass judgment or give you recommendations. Um, so that would be dangerous and foolish of me to do so. Um, but those, I mean, I don't know who you're getting these, these who's whispering in your ear, but I would definitely say if, if, if you're being told medication assisted treatment and you're being told methadone, it strikes me that your son is probably using heroin or opiates and so inpatient treatment is probably necessity asap and i would get him into help asap because i would hate to see him die which is probably where you know that's probably the line that you're getting close to i hope that makes sense
0: well done sir well done well done
1: i think you can throw out harm reduction by the way
0: Are- <laughs> our son is in a state-run drug treatment facility he has a few felonies on his record all drug related are there resources you suggest using to help with job housing etc
1: you know um i don't know what state you're in i don't know i'm i can't i can't throw resources around for what the situation is um because i don't know where you are however i know that if the, the where he's at Will probably be a list of resources that do help folks with felonies, and it, a lot of that's going to depend upon whether or not it's a um, um, uh, what do we call it a, a violent felony, but there's another term for it. I can't remember what it's called, um, a, a nonviolent felony. You know, and uh, and and so that's really uh, you know, and that's that's what you're going to want to look for. I think your 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 legal, uh, you know, your lawyer. Uh, or what legal aid is going to be able to help you with that situation as well. I'm not a good resource for that. Uh, I would say that your probation officer, your legal aid, and whatever treatment program he's in is probably going to have a better better grasp of those resources than I would. Um, it's going to be a, a much harder hill to climb because of that situation, but it is climbable. I have plenty of friends in recovery that have climbed that hill. It's harder. Um, restaurants are always kind of one of the places folks like that construction tends to be another place where folks like that end up um and it's definitely a tough hill to climb um you know but that's where they but they are capable and they do end up there um you know and i would say that you know depending on what state you're in and where you're at you can always send me an email and i'm i'm happy to you know chase it down for you and find out where who, who it is and who to talk to i definitely know people that are in that world and I'm happy to you know, ask. It's my pleasure to ask. I'm always happy to help.
0: Yeah. You know, once he gets into the fellowship, too, and he gets out of treatment, they should, uh, you know, what I love about the fellowship is all different backgrounds, all different uh, ways to get in that present moment. There's there's always people willing to help and there's always people that may or may not own a company or something like that or have a felony themselves. So. Yeah. connection communication two things necessary can't really do it for him like kevin always says but i mean yeah there's resources there's you know with his state run i mean i'm sure it's a common uh you know there's issue i'm sure there's resources available if you communicate and and connect and so forth just just i know several i mean i, I know a lot of success very successful people that have overcome felonies and so forth but, you know, the key is they stayed sober they got into recovery and, and change their life around. But, uh, yeah. good question. All right. During dinner with my daughter and her sponsor, I learned that my, my daughter told her sponsor that she contemplated suicide during her addiction. Aren't sponsors required by law to report
1: suicidal thoughts, Kevin? Uh, no, they are not. Sponsors are not mandatory reporters. Um, I am because of those four initials at the end of my name, licensed marriage and family therapist, which by the way, when I sponsor someone, I tell them, I said, I really want to be super clear with you. I'm happy to be your sponsor. I need to let you know something. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, and that carries a responsibility that there are some things that if you share with me, I have to respond to. And, I, and if you're going to commit a crime, I have to turn you in. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to contemplate hurting yourself, I have to do something about it. If you're going to contemplate hurting somebody else, I have to do something about that. It's not because I'm a narc; it's because I don't want to lose my career. You know, <laughs> and, and, and I've actually had situations where that got challenged, and I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Stop, stop talking, stop talking!" You <laughs> <laughs> know like, what? 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 I said you understand I'm a licensed therapist. And and I was like, I'm I'm not telling you not to talk. I'm just telling you, be careful where you're going. And it turned out not to be a thing, but I was just like, time out, time out, time out. (laughs) And uh, that's, no, sponsors are not. and, And on the flip side of that, this is a very important thing to understand as well. Sponsors do not have confidentiality. Um, as a therapist, I have a limited level of confidentiality, um, that, that actually can get broken through, uh, lawsuits, um, uh, priests, ordained priests do sponsors do not, and that has been taken to court and, and AA loss. And so let's be super duper clear. Uh, your sponsor does not have confidentiality. There is no sponsor, sponsee covenant, you know, um, So that is something that is super critical to understand as well. Yeah. I mean, it's,
0: it's ongoing. I mean, my mom and and dad kind of, I mean, there's anyone in the heart of addiction has always had that thought of just what if I wasn't here and so forth. And so I know that's, you know, what Kevin did was perfectly fine. I mean, the thoughts are there. And so if she's in recovery, she's actively working with a sponsor i'd be willing to bet that uh i think it's a great i mean bring up the question so so many people have questions over sponsorship so keep it going but uh yeah yeah, it's it's welcome to addiction so and sponsorship oh all right last question i'm curious as to what it is it was that kept you too sober what changed
1: i i okay i'm sorry i don't understand the question um
0: they're wanting to know our experience. So basically, this is uh this is a question of like they've been through numerous treatments. You know, people continually relapse. Why? Why? What made? What? What happened in our lives? You know, for me, you know, it's getting connected with self. And they want to know how did we? How did we? What? What did we? What led us to believe, to get us on the path to recovery? I guess. If oh, I'm reading this,
1: oh. if I'm reading this
0: story and like despite all the relapses and cause I went through eight treatments. I don't know if you knew that or not. I mean, but I did. so if they know if they, if the family's heard, but you know, I get it all the time when I, when people hear you went through eight treatments and they say like, well, what changed? And I mean, it's one of those questions. I wish I knew the magic answer, but I mean, what I always say is authentic, authenticity, number one, first and foremost, vulnerability and, and connection. But when I get, when I got connected, vulnerable enough to get connected to myself, and to others, something changed. So that's my easy way out. What do you got, Kevin?
1: Well, let me tell you, Jay. <laughs> um, what I'll tell you what happened, and it's it's. I it was really funny because I was actually interviewed this morning on a podcast about mental health, and they asked me this question. And um, what happened was is that my dad uh, in nineteen ninety uh, sat me down and said, you're my only son and I love you, but I don't believe a word out of your mouth. And I'm, and we're done. And we took a vote and you're out, you know, and, and I'd heard this before. I mean, I think that's the important thing to understand is that, you know, it wasn't like my mom and dad were like, we love you and you need to quit drinking. And I was like, okay. You know, (laughs) I was like, oh God, this again, you know, and, (laughs) Jesus when are you when are you guys gonna knock this crap off you know I had come to the belief in my life that this is just the ticket to that you know if you want to live the rock star lifestyle you got to pay the rock star price you know and and that means you're just gonna have to live like this and um what was what was what was really uh, made clear to me is that I was gonna have to start living without my family. And, and what they did this time around is they locked it down and they didn't communicate with me for six weeks. And I lived in the same town, you know, and I, you know, they were just like, bang, out, sayonara. And, and, uh, and that freaked me out. I mean, it really freaked me out. And so I was like, okay, what do I got to do? And they were like, you got to go get help. And, uh, and then I started, started seeing a therapist and that therapist, I saw him with my dad. And that therapist really cracked us both open. And then my parents went out of town and that, that was, I didn't get sober, you know, and that therapist, my parents went out of town and then that therapist was like, look, man, you're an alcoholic and you need help. And I was like, yeah. And, and again, that was nine months later and I continued to drink. I mean, but that point, you know, <laughs> you know, the last three or four months of my drinking were not great. You know, I mean, just, Bombs were going off. I was stepping on landmines every day. You know, shit was going south. And I was just like, good Lord, what next? You know, and and nobody. And here's the thing. Nobody was rescuing me. You know, there was no help. I was you know, losing jobs, losing girlfriends, losing friends. They were coming to repossess my car. I was getting kicked out of my apartment. And my family was just standing there like, wow. That sucks. (laughs) Where are you going to sleep? And I'm like, oh, well, can't you hook me up? And they're like, nope. (laughs) And, you know, and there's just, and I was just like, you know, just getting closer and closer and closer. And, And, and then this guy was like, you need to go to AA. And I was like, fuck it. All right, fine. This is what it's come to. I'm going to those people, you know? And uh, that was the greatest thing that ever happened in my life. So I got miserable. I I mean, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. I got miserable because the people around me stopped rescuing me. Was the no communication for six weeks, was that new? Oh, yeah. Okay. They locked it down. And then after that, the part that was really important after that was, they communicated with me, but there was no rescues. Yeah, there was there was no, you know, there, there was all very much like, OK, cool. Good luck. You know, hope that works out. Love you. But no, you know, no money, no handouts, no. I was on my own, you know, and uh, and I mean, I just kept hitting the wall. I mean, every time I turned around, shit was just, just a, When I'm like. What the hell? You know, and and they just wouldn't. They I mean, I'm and I they told me that it was like, man, it was hard for them to stand back and watch me just, you know, get the door slammed on my fingers constantly. And they were just like, oh, yeah. you know, and, uh, and so that's what happened and what keeps me sober. And I, I mean, I'll just be really clear. And this is just, I am an active member of Alcoholics Anonymous. I, I work the 12 steps. I have a sponsor. I sponsor people. That's how I live. And you know, when I, when I got into when I showed up, and it May 5th in 1991, when I got sober, and when I started going to AA, it was drilled into me that, you know, this is how we live. And then the guys that drilled it into me had had 20, 30, 40 years sober. And they were like, let me be clear. This is it. This is the uh, this is it. There's no secret bonus option. This is it. And I was like, OK, I got it. This is it. And and they had lives. They had families, they had wives, they had jobs, they had cars. And I don't I don't mean like big money. I mean, they had they had a. they went to a job every day. They had a house. Nobody was knowing was threatening to take stuff from them, you know, and, and they could pay for dinner. You know, <laughs> I couldn't do those things. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I was like, shit, man, I want I want that. And they were like, well, then Go to the goddamn meeting and do what we tell you to. I was like, okay, okay, okay. And there were no shortcuts, no shortcuts.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like you. I believe in that same fellowship and the same program. And I mean, and it's, uh, I always, people think I'm joking or something. I, you know, cause I love humor, I love laughing and, and so forth. But I still remember going to my Saturday morning men's meeting with my sponsor that I picked to get out of basically get out of treatment. But he took <laughs> me to the Saturday morning men's meeting and he had guys laughing, like genuinely, authentically laughing. And when I realized, and I didn't want to admit it to anyone, it's been a while since I I didn't have to force a laugh, like to portray like I was whatever. These guys were genuinely like laughing. And people say, what, what was it? And I said, I connected to that. And I just said, like, hey, from here on out, if that laughter was genuine, so tell me what to do. And... It's the same because I, I, you know, I went Saturday morning, I went to that same meeting. I mean, that was 14 years later and some change. So uh, and told that exact same story when someone said, hey, what, you know, do you like this meeting? And I was like, well, let me tell you about this meeting. We laughed. And he's like, what do you mean? We genuinely laughed. So that's I can't tell you what it is. But for whatever reason, the law of AA and the suggestions. uh i just believe i implemented in my life no matter what and it's change
1: yeah yeah you know and they you know those dudes are sober and they have good lives still and the guys that i a lot of the guys that i hang out with same thing man and they're not it's not sexy and it's not exciting and it's not like ooh, but it's just like you know okay cool you know and we have fun and we have good people and they're you know it's um you know it's just it's fun you know it's fun and and that's really what it comes down to and i don't uh i don't know that's that's me honestly when i showed up man i just was like god damn i just want i want the goddamn roller coaster to stop you know and and that's and really that was all i was looking for is no more roller coaster so you know
0: well you did good no more roller coaster tonight. We'll, we'll we'll let you off. Time to go home. Time to go have some Mexican food or whatever you eat in Denver. And uh <laughs> we will do this again next week. Yes sir, we will and I'll be back uh, home in Jacksonville Beach. Keep the questions coming if you're watching the replay of this. Put it in the comments. We'll get to your questions. Keep DMing somehow you guys are finding me and getting the questions. Keep keep it coming. We right, we love them. We love them and it makes it makes kevin sometimes a little uncomfortable so let's challenge the questions let's get kevin uncomfortable
1: yeah all right next week okay buddy